The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. In our gospel lesson, Jesus commissions the disciples, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot packed in to these words. First, we learn that the good news is for all nations. The disciples are not supposed to pick favorites here. Jesus doesn't say, go and make disciples of your allies, or go and make disciples of nations that most closely resemble your own. Go and make disciples where you feel most comfortable. Go and make disciples of people who already worship the God of Israel. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. The good news is for all people. Without distinction or discrimination, countries near and far with different languages, cultures, and histories. The good news is for them too. It's not for us to pick and choose who gets to hear. Everyone needs to hear of the love and forgiveness and new life available in God. We, ooh, second, (laughs) had to find myself there. Jesus says to baptize them. Baptism is an invitation. Now, there is a terrible history of forced conversion that can cloud this passage, but baptism is a welcoming act. It's a new birth and a beginning It's a welcome into the community, an open door to the body of Christ. Share the good news wherever you go and with everyone, and then invite them to be part of the community. Welcome them in. Make them equal to you in every way, full members of the body. Allow them to experience what you have experienced and claim it as their own. Baptize just as you were baptized. Don't keep anyone away from these sacred waters. And then the words, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. This is the reason we read the text on Trinity Sunday. God is three in one and one in three. Within God, there is community. Within God, there is relationship. 
we are able to come together as one body, come together in all of our diversity, come together as one body in Christ, only because our triune God has shown us the way to be community and be one. For our first reading, we read the very first chapter of Scripture, an account of creation, how it all began. We read this passage on Trinity Sunday as a reminder that all of God existed from the very beginning, that Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coexisted and created together. In this chapter from Genesis, we read of God calling forth the heavens and earth and all of their beauty and astounding diversity, speaking light into being, separating waters, calling forth plants of every kind, filling the sky and sea and land with every kind of life. And it is good. It is good. It is good. And then God says, let us create humankind in our image, according to our likeness. It's plural. Our image, our likeness. Our one God contains multitudes. One in three, three in one, infinite, impossible, miraculous. And we, us little fragile humans that we are, reflect in some way all that is in God. And it is very good. I can't help but think that the more that we are gathered, the more we bring of our unique selves with our varied gifts and our diverse experiences the more accurately we reflect our infinite creator. And the more that we can know and love one another, the more that we can know and love God. When I was a divinity school student and an intern at Bethesda Lutheran Church, I was charged with leading confirmation. Now, we had three students in our congregation preparing for confirmation, but there were several other Lutheran churches nearby. Most of them only had part-time clergy who found it challenging to devote the time to a confirmation program. So my little confirmation class started to grow. First, Good Shepherd in Hamden asked to connect with us, and then Resurrection Lutheran Church in downtown New Haven heard what we were doing and said, hey, don't forget about us. We'd love to join. And then finally, Emmanuel, with an E, E Emmanuel, joined us too. I was happy to have a church with a vowel so that I could finally spell something with our letters. Now we had 15 students, and we were officially called Bergs. Bethesda, Emmanuel, Resurrection, Good Shepherd. Bergs was a nonsense name that I could write down in my own calendar, but it caught on. One pastor said it reminded her of iceberg, 
where there's always more below the surface. Good Shepherd was a small suburban congregation. Emmanuel was small and very traditional. They were still using the green hymnal when others were using red at this point. But there were some big differences between Bethesda and resurrection. Bethesda was located near Yale, and even though the city of New Haven is racially diverse, this congregation, like most Lutheran congregations, wasn't. Resurrection was in the heart of New Haven. It was one of the few Lutheran churches that was primarily a black congregation, and demographically, it was also one of the youngest in the synod. Bethesda was affluent, able to have a full-time pastor and several staff and a student intern. Resurrection was a mission start, funded by other local churches. Their pastor, Ruth Drews, had to work hard to keep the church going, encouraging others to give to their congregation that was serving a community in need. And often, she went without a paycheck to do this work. One of the best parts of Berg's, this confirmation program of many churches, is that we would come together for lunch before we would have our confirmation class on Sundays. The different churches took turns hosting and providing the lunch, and most of the time the churches bought pizza or sandwiches, kind of simple, easy kid food. But the week we went to Resurrection... They served the kids jerked chicken, collard greens, and cornbread. I saw the looks of surprise and disappointment on the faces of kids who were hoping for pizza. Most of this group had never tried jerk chicken before. I watched them tentatively put small, polite amounts of food on their plates. I watched them poke at the blackened chicken with suspicion. I watched as they took their first small bites. And then I saw the joy that spread across their faces. Joy as they ate what was possibly the best chicken they had ever tasted. So juicy, so flavorful. Of the four churches that took turns hosting, this was the church that offered the best hospitality. This meal was home-cooked and still warm and made just for us. Soon the room filled with conversation and laughter and delight and kids running back up for second and third helpings. Pastor Ruth Drews, who served resurrection at that time, died about a week ago at the end of May. And it was in her passing that brought back these decade-old memories for me of our working together and jerk chicken. Pastor Ruth had a calling for inner-city ministry. And in addition to her pastoral care and worship leadership, she was a fierce advocate for the communities that she served. She worked hard to make sure that they weren't left out or forgotten. And you'll hear her name in the prayers this morning. 
the confirmation program, these four churches. It was a pain to organize and keep track of. Four congregations, four locations, food and transportation to coordinate. But wow, was it worth it. To watch these kids grow over the course of the year, sharing experiences, expanding their idea of what it meant to be Lutheran, learning from one another, worshiping together. Jerk chicken was just the tip of the iceberg. After the hymn of the day, we'll invite our new members to come forward. Our new members have already been welcomed into the body of Christ through baptism, and they have found their way to this community of faith, to this expression of God's love in Holden, Massachusetts. Through affirmation of their baptism, they'll join the congregation of Emmanuel. Kristen, Sarah, Dawn, Carol, Brenda, Elin, and Reagan. They'll each bring their unique selves to this community. And with every new member, our congregation changes just a little bit. We shift, we make room, we'll grow, and we'll learn as we worship and we serve together. Welcoming new members is always cause for celebration. And I love that we are welcoming new members on Trinity Sunday, this day that celebrates God who is community, who is relationship, who is love. God who loves us more than we could possibly imagine invites us into this divine relationship, into this space of infinite love and unending possibility to join the dance of Trinity. God invites us in, making a place for us in the community of God. And then we are called to keep on inviting, to keep welcoming all people without discrimination and giving a place to belong to all who seek community, to keep proclaiming the good news that we are loved and forgiven and made new. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.